Welcome back to Conversations for the Good. Hello, Dr. Jane. Good morning, Anna. How are you? I'm doing well. We've been talking about living true to ourselves, which usually involves change. Ideally, we want our efforts to flow in a positive direction. So I thought we could explore the beginner's mind and how it can support and benefit this dynamic process. Great idea, Anna. You know, the beginner's mind can really be an essential in launching any change process, in maintaining a change process, and really in any longitudinal change. Because with this positive attribute, you know, we're highlighting a special openness um, that we bring, you know, out of that present moment experience, regardless of what we're doing, what we're involved in. Um, This openness keeps our our practices, our studies, um, our change process. It keeps it fresh because each moment is new, each breath is new, each practice is new, no matter how many times we've done it. And in this moment, the moment is new. So this is also about how we can enjoy life as it unfolds, really taking it as it comes and Getting back to the change process, this is what keeps the change process a creative process and remains a creative process because there are no preconceived notions. Um, We're always ready and available for whatever our direct experience offers us. So there's no judgment. There's no preconceived notions at all, no criticism and really no reference to the past or the future. So it brings this inherent sense of wonder and awe to the surface in that direct experience. And when I say direct experience, I'm really talking about the pure awareness of the moment, Uh, awareness without labels or concepts, um, no expectations, you know, without conditioning or judgment, really, the purity of that of that moment as it as it shows up. Dr. Jane, where does this idea come from? Well, the term beginner's mind um, is also called Shoshin. And it was popularized by a Zen teacher. Actually, he was the founder of the Zen Center in San Francisco. And his name uh, is Sun Rayu Suzuki. And he, through his practices, began offering this dimension to his students of keeping the practices fresh and vibrant. And he's, um, a quote of his that I have found very, very interesting is, in the beginning, in the beginner's mind, there are many possibilities. Yet in the expert's mind, there are few. And he was speaking specifically about how important it is to bring this openness and eagerness to the study of any subject, even for the more advanced student. So without this, we often miss new possibilities, new experiences. You know, there's a dulling of the creative process. There's a dulling of our our discovery of new ideas, you know, whether it be in science or jobs, Uh, careers, relationships, you know, or in life in general. This is something I often see in in children, you know, having their first experience with some activity or even that first time that they try a new treat. 
that wide open look, you know, of pleasure or of dismay if they didn't happen to like the treat. Yeah, that's right. You know, the beginner's mind is empty. It's really uncluttered of all habits and conditioning. And it's, it's ready to, to take in the experience at hand. You know, and, and a child is discovering something very often for the first time. You know, however, as adults, we often block information. And we block it because it doesn't necessarily match our, our current philosophy or it doesn't justify our conditioned belief system. Yes, I can see how our cumulative life experiences could close us off to new experiences uh, that, you know, we're not aware of. Yes. And if you recall, early on, we did a technique called the chocolate exercise, you know, and in that exercise, we were very slowly consuming a small piece of chocolate, uh, presumably for the first time. And we were using our senses letting our eyes taste it, our sense of smell take it in, you know, and all the while, the autopilot thinking wanted to transport us to previous experiences, likes, dislikes, memories, etc. all of it. Oh, yes, my favorite exercise. <laughs> I, I mean, my mouth is watering just thinking about it. <laughs> The lovely chocolate exercise. It's, it's such a great starter to the present moment experience. You know, how could it not be our favorite? Well, yes. And I once had a woman in one of my mindfulness classes say after the exercise, she said, you know, I've had better chocolate, but I've never enjoyed peace as much as this one. You know, and this is the beginner's mind, being able to be totally absorbed in the experience. Uh, the, the exercise, you know, is really used to experience the duality of the present moment activity, you know, eating the chocolate, and then the intrusion of that thought stream of the autopilot thinking, you know, and experiencing the wonder and the curiosity of yes. the moment in the experience. That's the beginner's mind. Yeah, for such a seemingly sweet little exercise, it really packs a big lesson in practicing awareness, seeing, experiencing all the details, noticing with our senses, sights, smells, tastes, textures, and letting them all be new to us. You know, this is also very important in building a solid foundation in awareness practices. Well, yeah, it's really essential. You know, and, and it truly matters in many arenas of life. You know, we find that we can let go of uh, prejudgments, old frustrations, assumptions, uh, disappointments. You know, it's a fresh start because we're not comparing our current experience to past experiences. But, but I want to say this isn't a Pollyanna worldview. You know, we're really anchoring into the conscious choice of letting go, of dropping the lens of our conditioning and fully taking in what's happening as it happens. So we see opportunities that weren't apparent previously. You know, new ways to do a job that maybe had become mundane, um, not taking a relationship for granted, you know, sometimes even letting go of past grievances. Yeah, so the practice extends to multiple situations we're experiencing in life. Yes, you know, and, and think about it, Anna. You know, if I was in my beginner's mind, 
I wouldn't need to procrastinate. You know, that's one arena in life, you know, and that I can identify with. I, I wouldn't need to procrastinate because I wouldn't let those nagging thoughts of pressure and failure and potential disappointment and all of that take hold of me. You know, I'd be facing the task with fresh eyes, eagerness, and curiosity. Yeah, I see. I could let go of anxiety, you know, and worry because we wouldn't let old stories, fears, and assumptions run the show for us. Exactly. Exactly. Yet sometimes the worry is focused on the outcome of a situation. The possible negative outcomes always seem to have more pull than the positive ones. Well, and, and that's right. You know, remember that it's the negative that triggers the survival system, you know, danger, 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 you know, because that system in the face of danger believes that our life is at stake. So it does have more pull, you know, which is why our practices need to really include as we want to recalibrate, um, it really needs to be, you know, not so much talking ourselves out of it as it is, you know, to go to our breath to go to the sensations of the body with the beginner's mind. You know, this calms that smoke detector, the amygdala, you know, and sets us on a path to make conscious choices. You know, what really needs to take place in this situation at this moment? You know, and when we opt for the beginner's mind of the present moment, new possibilities very often arise. Yeah. And the issue of outcomes, you know, maybe not necessarily negative, but hazy and unclear. Well, and you know what, there are really no guarantees when it comes to the outcome of a situation, you know, more often than not, you know, we don't know how a situation is going to unfold in reality. You know, what's interesting, though, is that most of us think that we do know, you know, we have an expectation that if we plan well, life will unfold according to plan. And um, if not, then somebody probably goofed or the plan was defective or, or both. You know, the reality is life is filled with uncertainty. This doesn't mean that we should forego planning at all. You know, it means that the best laid plans may not reach fruition. You know, so the beginner's mind, you know, being open and in the flow supports us holding that uncertainty, you know, even embracing uncertainty, you know, and, and embracing it with openness and curiosity. It allows us to be present, to be grateful in what we're doing, who we're with, regardless of how it plays out. You know, I'm so impressed on how far reaching the impact of the beginner's mind is in everyday life. Well, Yes. And, and the other thing that I think is so interesting is how it supports us in doing the right thing. You know, not because the right thing is fun or convenient uh, or even that we want to do it or that we're going to get what we want, you know, but because our beginner's mind is in awe and knows the rightness, you know, can sense into the rightness and is eager to follow through. You know, this is the part of us that, that says, of course, you know, of, of course I will. Yeah. I'm thinking I'm understanding how the beginner's mind operates and what an asset it can be. Let's be very practical and walk through the six shifts of the change process we discussed in our last conversation. 
Sure, Anna. You know, it, it really starts before we jump into the actual change process, you know, because we have to, in order uh, to, to enter into that, we have to access some openness and some eagerness to do things differently. So learning skills of present moment awareness, like those in our videos, uh, the welcoming breath, observing our thoughts, you know, the body scan, these help us in learning those skills of awareness, you know, so that we can begin exploring and discovering with fresh eyes. You know, we need to be able to, as we're in the tunnel, turn toward our experience there and, and really know how it's, it's intruding in us really having what we long for. So the key is not showing up with criticism or judgment. It's to let go of the negative frames, you know, is to examine our life and our longings with curiosity, to be able to say, wow, yes, this is how I live in the tunnel of my habits, you know, my conditioning. This is how I lost the dream that was so important to me. You know, and, and sometimes we're not sure what we long for, you know, and that's okay. You know, it might be helpful to take a look at our, our video around self-concept and self-esteem. You know, the beginner's mind doesn't demand answers right away. You know, it's in no hurry. It enjoys the process of discovery. It actually, you know, knows that that discovery may lead to something, but maybe not, not right now. You know, and sometimes we have to have more questions before we can arrive at answers. In fact, you know, if we're striving and efforting too much, then we're probably not in the beginner's mind. We're probably um, in our expectations, you know, like hurry up, hurry up and trying to make something happen. So if this is about the beginner's mind is really about letting things unfold in a very organic way. Yes, it seems like the beginner's mind really enjoys what is unfolding without a sense of pressure or urgency. So if I don't for sure know what, you know, what's missing, I can still remain open and curious, engaging in all the possibilities. That's right. That's right. And, and sometimes posing questions that, that we've talked about before in other conversations, you know, like, who am I? Who am I really? Um, what's missing? What's missing in my life? Who, whose life am I living? Um, what dream that I've have, have had, you know, what dream is unlived? You know, and in the early shifts of our change process, we're just beginning to acknowledge the possibility of change, you know, and the beginner's mind loves possibilities, loves new opportunities. So it's important that we're really becoming increasingly more open to being consistent with awareness practices, really incorporating those and integrating those into our lives so we can track our thoughts without engaging in them. You know, we need to recognize the saboteurs, you know, the resistances, you know, know when the saboteurs are in the neighborhood so that we can identify them. Oh, that's what's happening. Oh, yeah, this is what it feels like when that resistance shows up. Yeah. So, so we align ourselves with practices, increasing our awareness and move into desire. Yes. So we bring the beginner's mind to desire. And sometimes we know our chosen desire. We, we've, we've, um, we've already established that. And so the beginner's mind is a way that we can kind of 
play within that. You know, be excited about it. See it from multiple angles. But sometimes we're not clear about what we want, what we really long for. You know, and if not, this is okay. I can't stress this strongly enough because it's about let ourselves focus then on waking up to our desire. You know, if we haven't given it any time, how would we know it necessarily? And the beginner's mind doesn't require certainty. You know, remember, it delights in possibilities. It's about new opportunities. You know, sometimes it's kind of like um, following a trail of breadcrumbs, you know, and, and we need to follow that, follow the crumbs and allow ourselves to be open to what we're discovering. The mantra that we can use in, in this particular stage of change is, I'm ready, show me. I don't have to already know, you know, I'm ready, show me. Yes, I'm ready, show me, you know. So how do we move to vision if, if we don't know what we desire? Well, you know, if we've anchored in a desire, in a specific desire, you know, visualizing ourselves doing it with great ease and energy and gratitude is, is where we go. Um, and if we're not sure of our desire, we can still feel ourselves filled with enthusiasm, um, filled with an eagerness to start the day. We can visualize and sense into what would it feel like to be involved in activities that energize us, to, to sense into what would it be like to have a sense of purpose and self-esteem. You know, it's, it's kind of like um, as if, you know, kind of stepping into as if. This is, what, this is what it would feel like if I were really in something that was important to me. This requires letting our imagination kind of have a field day, not judging our spontaneity or the content. You know, vision boards are, are really a wonderful kind of a, a, a tool and activity uh, that can help us create what we want, really, uh, whether we've declared a, a, a desire or not, you know, to kind of play with the possibilities. Well, it sounds like we're shifting into intention now, the design and, and the plan. That's right. And, and at this stage, at the intention stage, you know, the beginner's mind uh, can often access dimensions that are novel and creative, you know, kind of thinking out of the box. You know, this is the, the true creative process of, of tapping into infinite possibilities. And in this shift, um, this is where we're really beginning to align with our highest selves. So whether we've chosen a specific target or not, the focus really is on practices becoming more consistent so that the best version of ourselves is more consistently online, you know, and, and all the activities that we become involved in, you know, really, really are imbued with this presence. You know, we're here in the now, kind of letting ourselves have all that shows up. The mantra that energizes this is often, why not me? And the beginner's mind keeps it all fresh and flowing with practices like, um, oh, like the loving kindness, you know, and gratitude. You know, this reinforces our intentions. Yes, why not me? Wow. Now we shift into inspired action, which is a true test run. Yes, and the beginner's mind is fueled by action, particularly action that's infused with 
our highest selves, you know, and this plays a big part in keeping everything in motion and, and also keeping us on target. Um, it requires, it requires that, that the evolving directives that come up, you know, are, are anchored in wisdom and in acceptance. So that openness is an imperative and, and creativity is there right there as the essential, you know, as we review and revise our action plan, you know, the beginner's mind relishes the brainstorming so that we can keep current with fluctuations and demands in life and, and really continue to generate new ideas. The shift is filled with conscious choices. So practices need to be constant. Um, as we've said before, life actually becomes practice. And the beginner's mind is what keeps the practices fresh and keeps them vibrant. So every practice is a new experience in the moment that has no past, has no future, only now. And finally, most important commitment. Well, yes. And this is the glue that holds all the motion of all the shifts. You know, it really keeps it all together. Always evolving, transporting us through the process, transforming us from our conditioned selves to living more fully from our wise highest self one day at a time. You know, this is where we can readily say for any part of that change process, I do it, whatever it is, I do it because I gave my word. You know, and as I've said before, the beginner's mind embraces and is in awe of the rightness and then the enthusiasm, you know, of this dynamism and the possibilities that continue to flow from it. Six shifts and a place for the beginner's mind at each one. We're all looking forward to living a more fully, living more fully, I should say, from the highest self one day at a time. This has been a wonderful conversation, Dr. Jane. I wanted to remind our viewers that they can find the link to our podcast in the description below the video screen. Thank you. Until our next conversation. Thank you, Anna.